0: Before we begin, here's a quick announcement. DesignUp Conference is back with the energy, the inspiration and the excitement for the sixth year. 25 speakers over two days, eight unconference events and endless networking on 17th and 18th of September in Namma Bangalore. Be there, check out the buzz, the speakers, register now on 2022.designup.io. This is AudioGyan and I am your host Kedar Nimkar. Welcome to a deep dive into the minds of luminaries from the Indian creative world. This AudioGyan is in association with The Drawing Board. The Drawing Board is an international architecture platform based in India where students can test their understanding and skills in shaping the ways communities live and thrive while preserving local heritage. The drawing board has been actively running architecture competition for undergraduate students since 2016. It was conceptualized by Mindspace Architects and Rohan Builders. This year, they are back in action with a live event. Architecture undergrad students can submit their projects, li- uh, project ideas on the theme of designing a memorial for Charles Korea. Last date to submit your concepts is 1st October 2022 more details in show notes and the drawingboard.in. Today we have one of the jury members with us on Audiocan, architect Sachin Agashikar. Sachin studied architecture from JJ and was awarded gold medal in 1991 for his final year design thesis. Before setting up his own practice in 1999, he worked with an architect He worked with architect Charles coria for eight years and worked as an associate uh, on the Cancer Research Center in Lisbon R&D Center for Mahindra Mahindra, um, an extension to Kala Academy and Ayuka. Today we'll try and document some of his thoughts on art of seeing uh, how these sort of legendary people zoom in, zoom out, uh, to envision the micro and the macro uh, details together, uh, and can possibly help students to present uh, their ideas while they design the Charles Correa Memorial uh, at the drawing board competition. So thank you, Sachin, uh, for giving your time. It's a real, real honor to have you on the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Kayla. It's nice to be here.
0: Superb. So as I said, uh, I just wanted to understand and, and document some of your thoughts and and uh, ideologies around art of seeing. And I've come up with few questions. And yeah, uh, as, as before the conversation, I said, just feel free to uh, share as much as you can about what is what is this uh, art of seeing uh, I mean it's a cl- like yeah it's it's a very cliche word also but yeah we'll we'll try and explore uh, what does how would, how can one learn to see also and this I picked up from one of your articles and couple of videos uh, the short films that you made so it's all inspired from there so I'll start off with um, like the basic one is that observation according to me at least as because i'm a designer so observation is one essential quality uh, a designer needs to develop or maybe has developed over time Um, can we start by saying like why do you think so Uh, because it must be helping the designer somewhere so how does it help and why it's it's so important
1: yeah right i mean it's really important what you asked You know, because uh, I actually, the best example I can think of to answer your first question is uh, of a child. Uh, You must have noticed that, uh, you know, children pick up quite fast from the day they are born. I mean, they start recognizing their mother, they pick up words, uh, they respond to sound. They even learn to manipulate or, you know, and they know when to throw a tantrum. I mean, I learned this when my daughter was born. So what is interesting or uh, rather amusing is that, you know, they are observing all the time now imagine everything is new for them so uh, i wonder what must be going on in the mind you know when they see things for the first time i mean imagine what they're seeing seeing a dog for the first time what must they be thinking you know we should actually find out that what's going on in the mind and by the time they are five uh, they can speak a couple of languages uh, they can read they can write they can even add and or subtract you know which is amazing Unfortunately, as we grow older, we just take things for granted and we stop observing. And I think that is the moment when we actually slow down. And on top of that, we have all this uh, Google and Pinterest and all those things. I mean, they make us, you know, really lazy, I would say. I mean, that's the worst thing that has happened to us. There are a lot of advantages also. Hmm. But yeah, but we stop observing. We're We're completely depending on the internet nowadays. But um, yeah, so architecture, I mean, I'm speaking specifically about architecture because I'm an architect. Um, architecture cannot be taught to us in these five years of college, I and mean, it's a five-year course. But they cannot teach us everything. What we learn is just the basics. So when we step out, the only option we have is to look around like a child and observe. You know, And observation actually makes us think and ask questions. For example, you know, I mean, uh, why do we get goosebumps when we actually see the pyramid? You know, when you're standing in front of it. I mean, if there's some feeling which we have. I mean, why does that happen? Uh, why, why do we like those simple whitewashed houses in Greece? I mean, there is something nice about it. I mean, they're not designed by some great architects, but there is something which is quite appealing for us. And, you know, you actually feel like going there or staying there. Hmm. So, Uh, I would say that uh, observing and analyzing what you see or feel using all your senses, this is very important, using all your senses is the only way to learn art or architecture. And there is so much to learn, you know, that all you need to do is just walk around with your eyes and ears open and look around like a child. You'll learn a lot more than what you've learned in college.
0: Hmm, very interesting. And and also in your article, you mentioned like self-taught architects like Le Corbusier or uh, yeah. Tadawan, they travelled yes. uh, more than a year. Uh, yes. and, yeah. and in our sort of yeah. world also, in our country, there were almost every saint who was like now revered and looked up to has almost walked the entire yeah. India. So is there specific, like, what happens when you like observe, what happens, how does it translate into, maybe give an example to explain, ki you saw this and then obviously there is no direct translation but it stays in your subconscious or then it, it comes out in different ways when you are in that creative space, uh, if you can give some insights yeah. there.
1: Uh, well. Uh actually the best example is you because you're self-taught yourself and you know you're doing so well in this uh, field Uh, but uh, yeah I mean uh, there are things which we observe all the time and simple things you know like um, maybe, maybe a tree in a courtyard you know and maybe there's a bench below that I mean and you go and sit there on the bench and you feel so nice to be under that shade maybe the tree is not very big it's of a small size and Perhaps that that experience, what you felt over there, I mean, remains with you. And then, when you're actually designing, I mean, let's say, then you design, let's say, for example, a house. And when you say you have a courtyard in that uh, design, you will recall that oh, that was a nice place I'd been to. You know, I mean, there was a nice tree there, and there was a bench there. Maybe somebody had just kept it. It was not a designer bench or something, but it was such a nice feeling sitting there, and there was breeze flowing. Why not have the same tree and the similar bench or in a similar position? Maybe it was not in the center of the courtyard, maybe it was in the corner, but there was something nice, some energy which was created like that. Uh, Why not repeat it over here? Now, it was not such an important thing that I had to click a picture or something. It was something which I had to just experience there. You know. So there are so many things happening in our lives, so many things which we see unfortunately I' you know these cameras they have again spoiled everything in the in your phone because you stop seeing and you think you will take pictures of every damn thing and you come back home and watch you where know, half the things are not you know worth watching uh, but when you are there you don't see it because you have that camera which you think is a standby to uh, click pictures so uh, I'm not pointing out to a very specific example but let's say this take this as an ex, uh, example and I think it's the best thing you can do is remember obviously you remember but whatever you whenever you felt nice you know being anywhere just find out why is it that you felt nice and then remember that and bring it in your product, you and know, bring it in the design bring it in your buildings and mm. it'll it'll you know sort of enhance your design much more.
0: Got it but is there maybe yeah we can we can sort of uh, get into the next question because that slightly goes deeper into it that can this art of seeing be developed i mean with like the right mentorship or like right practice right training um, because it's, it's tough right people want to see what they want to see uh, yeah. so it's it's quite uh, i mean it's it's how 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 can one develop and then uh, i have a friend of mine in fact he is also from jj Uh, and he said uh, the final year uh, at when he was there the final year thesis or final project was somebody drawing a portrait of someone and you could see that the person is eating that khani or something and the the portrait was exactly like that you could see what's happening there now these are details like you capture certain light certain textures and you try to replicate it so being a design student or not being a design student can this sort of art of seeing be developed
1: yeah i think so because uh, uh you know when uh, I, I mean i like i said before you need to put yourself in a child's um, shoes uh also uh now, I mean, let's let's take a hypothetical thing. I mean, if you do not have a camera with you and you have no internet connection, again and again, I'm you know, stressing on that. <laughs> yeah. And you are absolutely helpless and you go out. I mean, you will be much more sharper and vigilant, you know? I mean, because you don't have those other, your phone and your camera and you know, internet and all that to save you. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, as soon as you are out and, you know, you... Uh, have to survive you start thinking and you start analyzing and that is the time you start seeing things which you have never noticed before you know and it all happens naturally as a, you know as a as a brain i think is programmed for it i mean it's, it's basically natural instinct that you start seeing things and and all these other things are quite a distraction uh, as of now so uh, it is very very important that uh, uh, do not get distracted with all these other things, and uh, just go out there with an open mind. And ultimately, you will you will pick up things which will help you in the long run. I mean, uh, whether it's designing or this art, or, and it will you will be able to see it. Now, how what actually make helps you in seeing these things are probably you know uh, there are many probably many methods, but one of the methods which actually I realized uh, during the lockdown and before that. When I started making these uh, videos on uh, on my camera, it was just for fun. Uh, nothing great. I'm not some uh, great photographer or something, but uh, I thought, okay, I mean, nowadays with these uh, phones, I mean, there is this option of uh, uh, video recording and slow motion and all those things. And so I said, why not try it? And we had so much time during lockdown that we didn't know what to do with our time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I started doing simple things like imagining like... Uh, if i was a mouse and uh, so then how would i see the world you know so i held the camera at the floor at floor level and i started moving it and all that all the furniture which was in my house looked overwhelming you know they looked like buildings to me. i mean through the camera you know and Hmm. it was a new way to looking at furniture i mean it was a new way of looking at a different world you know which which is actually my house i'd never seen it from that level but everything looked different so uh that was like a starting point for me to think that oh why not make another video and you know why not come up with another idea and that was another way of looking at things and which made me you know uh it which forced me to look at things in a different way so probably there are many other techniques like these but this one definitely helped me in uh, looking at things differently
0: (laughs) yeah it's amazing i mean uh yeah being sort of Constantly curious helps you innovate also Mm -hmm. and I liked what you said uh, in the beginning because uh, When when like a very good friend of mine, he said you remember like how many phone numbers you remember today I think hardly right yours also you sometimes forget yeah just you have to tell <laughs> yeah. someone yeah <laughs> so so the smartphones are making you less smarter right. so i think if you just keep them away for some time yeah, uh, yeah. maybe the the smartness is inbuilt it will just like yeah yeah, thoda, thoda ganj laga maybe. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. cool um so sachin i i was very fortunate uh, to interview uh bv doshi and uh, i recently saw one more video of him where he said Uh, are you again seeing things as you see or are you seeing something more than what it is and obviously when he speaks he goes very philosophical uh, and spiritual (laughs) but uh, if you can give your learnings or or share your learnings about how to go beyond the apparent right Uh, there are things but uh, and and if you look at them daily they are mundane they are uh, sort of this is like yeah creative uh, angle but yeah if you can yeah how how do you how can one go beyond the apparent
1: yeah actually uh it uh i mean uh, just now i remembered i mean while you were asking i mean you know i when i was small i'd come across a book called uh, learning to see Hmm. that was the title of the book and it had all these uh abstract sketches and some photographs with minimum text you know it was as if this book was meant for a child you know with very simple text nothing Philosophical, anything heavy. And uh, it basically spoke about things which you generally uh, ignore. For example, you know, it said that, okay, uh, different trees have different uh, leaves and they are of different shapes. You know, each leaf is different depending on which tree it is. And uh, they also have different shades of green. And when they dry, they turn into brown or yellow or whatever, and then they fall. And when they fall, they all together. Imagine they all the leaves are fallen down on the, on the ground, and so all these uh, shapes they merge with each other, and all these colors they also sort of complement each other, and then the whole thing looks like a painting. Uh, now at that time, I did not understand what the book was trying to reinforce, you know, but I knew there was something, something about the book which uh, which I life and uh, I did not know what it was but I started copying the sketches or the shapes of the leaves which was which were they had shown you know and I tried to copy them but I kept that book with me uh, uh, in my cupboard and it was there with me I, I still have it of course and it was much later in life when I uh, started my practice and you know when the, I found this book again and I went through this book and I realized that I was actually subconsciously following exactly what the book was trying to say You know, it was. The book was actually helping me to look at things which we take take as uh, take for granted. You know, we don't think much about these shapes of leaves and what the colors are and what what'll happen when they fall on the ground, and well, we just take it for granted. We just walk over them, you know. So uh, that was very important, and it was helping me spot little things that made us feel uh, or makes us feel happy, and that is what architecture is all about. You know, one should. Feel happy and positive in a space you create, and so this is this is where the observation comes. And this is where probably books like these, I mean, they actually make you, you know, give a little hint and make you focus on these things and make you think differently or look at things differently, you know. And this was very important. This is the most precious book I think I have with me right now. You know, I mean, uh, it it just helped, and that's what exactly what uh, uh, probably. Uh, Doshi uh, is trying to say and uh, uh, after going through such books and then probably uh, taking the next step of uh, taking the initiative or taking the effort to look at things differently will uh, obviously take you far and uh, you start seeing things which are not uh, apparent to the eye
0: yeah yeah very interesting I think what I'm gathering right now so far is I think you you either you need some training Yes. Uh, to to start observing the details, or then you have to be, like really, uh, as I said, passionately curious to keep digging till you find some substance. I think that's uh, that's yeah that's that's the pattern which is emerging. Yeah. Or maybe so, an so...
1: interview like <laughs> this. <laughs> maybe somebody will watch this interview and you know <laughs> look yeah. at the leaves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one side uh, in design. I mean design also uh, as you go deeper there are like and I'm sure there will be similar quotes and and sayings by legendary people uh, in architecture as well but at least whatever I'm exposed to we say that design is in the details right Uh, uh, the devil is in the details (laughs) design is in the details and also on the other side uh, uh, we have this I mean always design knowing the user uh, larger context. I mean, the chair famous right? chair in a house, a house in a plan, a plan in a society, uh, something like that. Yeah. So uh, and now maybe we can connect this to Charles Correa because you have worked uh, like for eight years with him. I'm sure it must be really enriching. So how do these people sort of manage to look at the micro and the macro so effortlessly, right? Because after 15 years, I have started using these words, right? You have to zoom in, do the pixel perfection and then zoom out. Look at the entire flow, uh, but any any trait or any particular characteristics of the personality or of the work that you witnessed, which which gives this feeling that yes, detail may be hai and big plan saw so, Like Doshi used to say, na, "I used to walk and see how this building is going to be hundred years out." So yeah. how do how how can like any any learnings there? Uh-
1: yeah, I mean, uh, see, this was a wonderful quality which Charles had, uh, you know, where he could design a chair and think about the city at the same time. You know? And there were so many other things uh, he could manage uh, effortlessly. And uh, I was really fortunate to get a chance to work with him for, you uh, know, almost 18 years, actually, eight years I worked mm-hmm. with him. And then uh, another 10 years went by while I was doing projects with him as an associate. So it was a very, very long time. And I was fortunate to, you know, get this chance. Um, So, uh, yeah, see, architecture is a very complicated form of art, you know, and uh, you have to depend on your observation and analyzing skills. And then you have to use logic and your aesthetic sense to design a building. So, in short, you're using both sides of your brain, you know, Mm. and uh, then apart from that comes the context where you have to, where the building is located. And that is also very important because you have, unless you study that, Uh, properly, you will not be able to design a building. And like Charles used to say that, you know, uh, a building is not a sculpture, you know, it is meant for human habitation. So it has a purpose. So you cannot just design a building. You need to understand where it is located, what are the requirements of your client and uh, take up everything and collect everything. And then imagine that these are all your, requirements you know if you're designing a house for your friend or a client you take up his requirement and then imagine that this is your house you know and then how would you design once you start thinking like that that means you'll you'll give your best shot right because it's now your house so yeah uh, so you take that and uh, then the way to design this is to design from whole to part in the sense that Uh, you have to look at the bigger picture first and then zoom into the details, which are always at the back of your mind, but they surface only when required. And once that happens, then you can go back and forth very easily. I mean, you know, like for example, uh, uh, you know, there is a door when you're designing a, 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 a plan, you're designing a building. Now it's an important door, let's say, but you may not design the door right away. But when it comes to a stage where you have to design the door, you will start thinking about what the door is like, but you roughly know what the size is when you are doing the plan. And then you start detailing that door. And at that moment, if you feel, oh, there could be a better door, you know, which which could be even larger, then you go back to the plan and you see, oh, maybe I should have a larger opening and whether that will work. So you go back and forth while designing uh, smaller things and larger things. But But because you have started from whole to part, I mean, it becomes much much easier to change things because the bigger picture is in place. You know, it's not that it will, by changing the size of the door, your whole plan will collapse or something. So that doesn't happen because you've started the other way around, and that is, that is the way to design. And uh, I remember Charles that told me, you know, in my first day in office, uh, I had a different approach to designing because. I mean, like I said, you know, you don't learn much at college. So I started from one side and I thought I'll finish it, uh, you know. Uh, and when I reach the other side, the whole building will get designed uh, accordingly. Mm-hmm. And then he said, you are not a signboard painter that you start from one side and <laughs> you, know, you go to the other side. <laughs> you have to see that what is the size of the board and then think of oh, wow, what size, what will be the size of the letters which fit in and all i said oh my god the first day when I, did, I had, I had uh, made a mess so but it was uh it was something which i learned uh, very fast and which i learned from him and uh, so there were many such incidences like that but uh, uh, yeah but he was he was amazing i mean there's no doubt about it i would say he's one of the best architects we've ever had and uh, there's so much to learn from his work i mean even if you go through his book i mean there's so much to learn. Uh,
0: yeah, 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 absolutely. So I, I'm I'm going to ask you like a little bit off-script question uh, because this is my this has been my personal, um, I would say, struggle or challenge is that when you look at that door, and when you go back and zoom out and look at the whole plan and you do this shuttling, uh, it takes time, right? Now, as an architect. Uh, you are pressed for time. You are pressed with resources. You are pressed with uh, uh, money. Uh, all these aspects are there. So how how used to like how did they manage this? Like just just hang on. It will be very good. It will be very long life, but it will take time. How do you used to negotiate with with the clients or with like
1: yeah. <laughs> love? Yeah, yeah. it's, it's hey, amazing you see, when you when you do something with passion. I uh, mean you can demand the time you require and people understand when you're doing something with passion i mean if you need the time of course you need to stick to deadlines and those deadlines are very important but if there is a need and you think oh my god this is i have thought of a new idea and you know the whole design needs to change and i need another month for this and you tell your client look i have thought of something good and see buildings are buildings are not temporary they're not Uh, like fashion or something you know it's 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 going to stay there for the next hundred years like uh, though she said so one mistake or any mistake we make i mean it's going to remain there for next hundred years so it's best that we give them you know the uh, the most perfect building and if you think that this extra time is going to help me to give you something better uh I'm sure they will be convinced, you know, and they'll say, "Okay, <laughs> you know, take whatever you take, whatever you need." But at least uh, I'll have a good building, and that is why you they have come to you. Uh, but you know, there are there's another way of designing. I would say which uh, uh, which I think I should mention this to you because um, uh, uh, we did spend a lot of time, in where we were working in Charles Correa's office, uh, almost we started nine in the morning and used to work till all, you know, like ten or 11 in the night many times uh, which i thought was uh, not really necessary in the sense that probably we were doing something wrong you know we were probably going in circles or whatever and so when i started my own practice i i decided that you know i will shut my office at six so i'm not going to work till 10 or 11 uh, because uh, you know uh, for whatever reason i mean it's not worth it because uh, after a certain time you're mind is so tired and you're, you know you can't perform I and mean, it doesn't work that way so uh, but uh, if you keep uh, if you maintain uh, a certain uh, simplicity in your design you know it not only helps you in producing great work but it definitely takes lesser time and because the things are simple I mean you can think of a lot more things which are eventually going to be added to your design like for example you have columns and beams you have other services like uh, plumbing you have electricals you have air conditioning all those pipes and all those things have to be uh, merged with your design and then everything has to look nice at the end of the day and you can't expect some pipe to be seen or a column in the middle of your room so the way I work or try to work is that uh, right from the first stage of design like which we call a sketch design stage, uh, we uh, I keep everything at the back of my mind. When I draw a room, I know where the columns are, I know where the beams are going to be. If I you know if I uh, have the toilets, I know how the plumbing is going to be. So right from this first sketch, I keep all these things at the back of my mind while designing. It's not something which has added later on, you know and uh, so basically uh, you know how on the computer you have these folders you can make multiple folders and you keep them inside one big folder All these folders a uh, brain also works like that you have all these folders at the back of your mind and you pull them out whenever there is need for it so you know when you are designing okay uh, i know where the columns are but when it comes when there's a time to design those columns uh, you mark them on the drawing because they're always there at the back of you open that folder and you know where the columns are you open your plumbing folder and you know where the uh, now i'm talking about the mind okay all this is in the mind while design so we save a lot of time uh, by uh, you know uh, by thinking about all these things right, right from sketch design stage because uh, if they're added later on then there's a big struggle because then you see things where you don't want them to be there and uh, it is also not fair for the engineers to do something because you haven't designed properly. you know I mean, there you can I mean it's not ni- it's not nice to say that oh, I don't want a column here because uh, I have a I have a big window here or you know I have a corner window here and all that. And um, unless that window is extremely important and it's you know uh, changing the entire uh, feel or look of it. Hmm. But otherwise, just because you have done something and you did not know how to resolve his problem, It doesn't mean that he has to solve it for you, you know. It's best that you solve it yourself and then give it to him. So, um, uh, we may not know the details of what the column, what the reinforcement is like, but we should at least know where the column is located, you know, or eventually there's a column which is going to come here. It's not going to float just like that. So, we have to think about ground reality also. Mm -hmm. So, that saves a lot of time. And uh, uh, we have never had a problem of... uh, You know, uh, like we did not have a, uh, we did not request for extra time and we managed to stick within the timelines. When you actually Mm -hmm. think like this in totality, that is very important. You think in totality and you will, you know, breeze through. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm -hmm. I think uh, there are two schools, again, recently I interviewed uh, Rajat Kapoor, the Mm -hmm. filmmaker. Uh, and the actor uh, and the theater person not the rajit but the rajat kapoor the aakho mm-hmm. deki wala and uh, i think similar schools in in filmmaking also one is where he is evolving experimenting and and doing stuff on the set so there is a broad framework there's a broad storyline there's a script but when the camera rolls he just like lets the actor do whatever they want mm-hmm. right and and there is chaos, there's some truth to it, but yeah, typically it will go on and on, uh, work late night and I think the, the Korea Korea model would be like that. Mm. And then the other school which uh, I discussed with him is the the Satyajitri or the Alfred Hitchcock school where every shot is detailed. Like uh, he, he just quoted uh, Alfred Hitchcock's line in fact. He said, oh, I have the entire film ready, I just need to shoot. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, similar yeah. patterns here where you have detailed it till the exact yes. final window and, and everything and there's no, so you yes. you spend that pre-production time. Absolutely. And yeah. Then get, yeah. yeah brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> Cool. Uh, so, yeah, this uh, one last question um, uh, just to conclude this uh, podcast uh, is, uh, as in this episode, is um, you will be uh, judging. Uh, the, the work of undergrad students uh, at uh, the drawing board uh, and they are supposed to design Charles Korea Memorial uh, and I think you'd be like one of the <laughs> important person worked cl- so closely with him. So how would you judge like any tips for students uh, any learnings about his life or architecture that you want to share which will inspire which will I'm sure like students are working D&D the, the, right, but thoda sa personal level pe ya yeah, professional level pe whatever you would like to share about him and obviously your judging criteria, if if you want to disclose.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I mean, uh, designing a memorial for Charles is not easy. I mean, on, and maybe Charles would have never liked a memorial in his name. But anyway, since it's a, it's a competition, I mean, uh, I would say that uh, the only way you can uh, design a memorial for Charles Correa is by understanding his work, you know. And the only way to understand his work is to visit uh, any of his projects and spend some time there. I mean, just go there, sit and look around, you know. And basically what I'm trying to say is you need to experience his work. I mean, you, you don't go through the books and all that. I mean, just go to any project. Just sit there and look around, feel it and experience it. And probably that will help you in designing a memorial for Charles. And uh, judging I don't know I mean I'm even I'm not sure how am I going to uh, you know uh, judge it but uh, uh, but I I know one thing for sure that when I see a good proposal I mean uh you no know, I will know this is the one
0: beautiful <laughs> and and any any yeah it's tough to sort of connect or, or articulate but any personality traits which you have seen in uh, Charles Korea which which gave you a glimpse ha this is what he's trying to do here. Anything like that, uh, just as a concluding thought?
1: Uh, see, the only thing I actually remember about him, uh, which, is, which is very evident is also, I mean, is that uh, whatever he did, you know, was very simple, very down-to-earth. I mean, he never tried to do things which were just for... Uh, just to shock people, or, you know, or something to stand out. And he believed in uh, uh, basically. Uh, he believed in scale. He believed in the proportions, and he believed in uh, the the positive effect his buildings are bringing. in. And so, and his, all his efforts were into that. And he was talking about how a person would use a space. You know, whenever he used to design, he used to talk a lot. And then he used to say, oh, a person will go here. Maybe he'll sit here. Maybe we should provide a bench here. Or maybe you should do this. Uh, a terrace, if there was a terrace, there, he, used to, he used to draw a tree there. And, you know, imagine that maybe there'll be a tree here one, one day. Many times that tree never <laughs> happened. But, uh, you know, we, he used to like drawing trees on the terraces and all that. So it was like gardens at different levels and all. But all the time he was talking and uh imagining how a person would enjoy that space you know and that reflected in his work I mean always you could you whenever you walk into his building I mean there is something which touches your heart you know and and like this is what Corbusier had also said once that uh, you know you build buildings and palaces using stone and whatnot you know uh, But at the end of the day when you when something touches your heart and and you say wow that is architecture not what Mm -hmm. you see (laughs) you should feel it you know and i I suppose i mean i'll add to that but uh, that is the time when you actually start seeing the soul of the building you know and uh, most of the times the soul is seen when the building is pure you know, I mean, when it's too complex, it's trying to do too many things, I mean, that soul is completely lost and you don't see it. But uh, the, when it is very much uh, truthful and simple, I mean, you immediately see the soul and you, you know, you, uh, it, you can feel it, you can uh, experience it and feel it in your heart.
0: Yeah, very beautiful. <laughs> cool, I think this is a good note to end this. Um... Thanks a lot, uh, Sachin, for giving your time. It was really wonderful talking
1: to you. Same, yeah. It was wonderful talking to you too. It was a pleasure.
0: Yeah, So, Thanks. Thanks for listening till the end. Again, a quick note. The drawing board brings you a competition for undergrad architect students who can submit their project ideas on the theme of designing a memorial for Charles Korea. Last date to submit your concepts is 1st October 2022. More details in the show notes and the in Thanks and all the best. Bye. And that's it from today's GAN session. For show notes and more GAN, visit audiogan.com. And if you wish to connect with me, I am at Audiogan Moments on Instagram. Until then, take care.
2: It's been a great week on the IVM Podcast Network. On this round is on me, Gauri is joined by Shweta Nanda. They talk about the financial independence and how it is to be a woman entrepreneur. On Anish Thing, Anish welcomes ultra-marathon runner Shivani Gharat. Shivani shares her journey of how she ran her first marathon, the mindset of a runner, and what it actually takes to run a full marathon. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus, Naveen, Akash, and Shreyas talk about the Korean band BTS serving in the military and its repercussions. On ThinkFast, Varun and Suchita discuss Wing Greens and their latest acquisitions and about the Indian sexual wellness market. And on Shuniwan Srila Ditya is joined by Dinika Bhatia, CEO and founder of Nutty Gritties. They talk about coming from a business family and Dinika's journey in creating healthy and guilt-free snacking. Once again, don't forget to visit our merch store on ivmpodcasts.com. We have some exciting new merch out there for you. Also, do follow us on social media via IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. And do remember to spread the word about these shows and any other shows you might be listening to. Appreciate them, rate them, and review them wherever you are listening to them. You can also check out all our other shows on youtube.com slash ibmpodcasts. And finally, we would like to thank our sponsors this week. Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, Kotak Privy League Program, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thanks, guys. Without you, this would not be possible. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IVM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from.